Hi everyone! Welcome back to Lots of Love with me, Natasha Sony. I hope that you are all doing well and have had a great week. Um, here I am again. Um, this pod episode is gonna be an interesting one, I'm hoping. Um, I'm- I don't have any notes or anything really written down for this one because I kind of just want to speak from the heart as cheesy as that sounds uh because i'm gonna be kind of recounting my time in london um the series of events this pod episode will probably answer a lot of questions that a lot of you may have um if you follow me on social media and were confused during that time and maybe I'll come to some revelations myself uh, while recording this. I am gonna try to not get too emotional just because this is really important to me. Um, Just the concept, what I was trying to do, the whole story, um, how it made me feel, all of that. And, but I'm pretty good at maintaining composure in these types of situations so it should be fine uh but please bear with me um it's really funny because right as i started recording this uh message just popped up on my laptop or a notification i guess um and it was like you have a new memory and it was uh photos from london which is really uh coincidental i guess and yeah I think we'll just get straight into it. I'm probably going to talk about things like in terms of how they happen, like the timeline, uh, because that's the easiest way, I guess, to really get into the weeds of it. Um, I do want to preface all of this, which I know disclaimers are annoying, but there will always be someone out there who complains either way, and y'all know who I am, but just in case you don't, um, I totally 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 recognize the amount of the privileges that I have and had to be able to do something like this um and I wouldn't be where I am obviously without the resources and opportunities that were given to me uh throughout my life leading up to this point and especially um within the past few years and I do want to say I did pay for my ticket to London and my stay in London with my own money um but I was only able to do that because my parents have helped me greatly with tuition um in my education so take that keep that in mind Um, I know that not everyone can do this, and I hope that I don't talk about it too nonchalantly, that you may not, I guess, grasp that and grasp how grateful I am. Um, But I just wanted to say all of that before I get into this, and I will never, ever, ever take these types of opportunities for granted. Okay, so 
we're going to start at the beginning and as to how this all came to fruition. Um, there are a lot of details that are very personal that I will be leaving out of this. I'll try to be as specific as possible, but um, and as open as I am, not everyone has the right to know every single detail of my life and the things that have happened in it. Um, so just know that some of these things do carry a lot of weight, which is why when I reflect on how I was doing emotionally in any given situation, um, just know that, that there's a lot that caused that. Um, so anyway, way back in November of this past year, November 2022, so a few months ago, um, well, I guess almost six months at this point, I decided to book a one-way ticket to London, and what kind of led up to that decision was a lot of things. So, um, as many of you know, I graduated with my master's degree in public health from Boston University in December of this past year, so December 2022, and I had a busy semester. I was working on a campaign. Um, I graduated a semester early, so my course load was a little bit heavier, I would say, than someone who um, is graduating in May, and and I'm really glad that I graduated early, um, just because that's one less semester of, like, one less semester of tuition that I would have to pay, I guess, or that my parents would have to help me with paying. Um, regardless, I, London is my favorite city. I had been there twice before this past time that I was there, and especially the last time that I went there, which was 2019, I felt so, so happy there. Um, probably one of the happiest memories that I have in the past few years, and it was very healing for me at that time, and I just fell in love with it even more and I was like I want to live here someday I want to make this happen I don't know when or how but it was always like a one day sort of dream and I also just thought you know I would love to at least have a flat there have a place there um, even if I am living and working in the US it would be nice to have something like that where I could just go maybe like time share it, rent it out, whatever it may be. Um, but what happened was in the past year, um, especially in that last semester of grad school um, this past fall, a lot of different signs were just pointing to London. Like I would just see it everywhere. It would just arise in different conversations. I was meeting people who were from there it was coming up in discussions that I was having in classes and otherwise. And I would be watching a TV show, for example, that I knew nothing about. And the main character was moving to London. And obviously, those are very trivial things. And I'm not saying that you should base your entire life off of 
these types of, I guess, spiritual things or like finding the meaning in everything because some things just are what they are. Like I'm not saying things either way, but for me, it was just, there were so many things that were kind of putting London into my brain. And I remember there was one day where I, this is so random, but you know when you have pensive thoughts um, like in random places like in the shower or you're sitting on the toilet or something. So I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, what is keeping me here? I'm finishing my master's degree next month and I could really go anywhere. I could do anything. I was out of a long-term relationship and I was so ready to move forward and be able to go anywhere that I wanted without any constraints and I was like might as well take a leap um so that next day I was like what if I just bought a ticket to London like what would happen you know um which is kind of bold to do in the way that it's not like I had a job offer there beforehand. There was nothing set in stone there. It was just kind of like me on my own deciding to do this thing. And I don't know what compelled me to do it. I'm usually someone who really enjoys planning, but I decided to take the leap. I found a really, really, really good price for a plane ticket um, through Expedia and I bought it and it was booked for January 8th. So at this point I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. And a lot of people would ask me why or why now? And my answer always was, and I said this in the first episode of this podcast as well, but we're always saying one day, one day, one day, this is a dream that I have. Oh, one day it'll happen, right? But why can't that day be today? Like we spend so much time planning and thinking instead of actually making things happen. And honestly, our lives on this planet are so so minuscule in the grand scheme of things they're so short they're so in a way they are meaningless but then that's why it's up to you to find meaning within it and I I was tired of living my life in that way because I want to enact as much change as I possibly can and change makers change makers we know go against the grain no one enacts change by going with the grain and doing what everyone else is doing and by playing it safely um again i know that i had the resources to do this again i know not everyone can do this not everyone has the money to just buy a ticket on a whim and take that risk um but i wanted to do this for myself um i feel like I can get really caught up in living my life for other people 
And I'm very happy to do that because I know that I wouldn't be where I am without the people who surround me and without my loved ones. But I don't know, I want it to be, I guess, a little bit selfish, a little bit, um, I just wanted to live, you know? And yeah, so I booked the ticket. I didn't really tell anyone for a period of time. Like a few people know knew. I told um, some close friends. I didn't even tell my parents right away. And when I finally did, they were obviously very concerned. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but before then, I basically, you know, went throughout the rest of the semester, finished it off. Uh, it was really hard because all of a sudden now I had this stressor of London on my mind. And I was like, okay, I actually don't have that much time. Like me moving countries in two months is very soon and I have nothing figured out. So I was trying to balance finishing the semester with also applying to jobs in London and figuring out living stuff and all of that and just what I would need to have to make a an international move like that. Um, but obviously finishing my degree came first. So a lot of things ended up being pushed to the winter break time, which again is right before I chose to leave. I don't know why I chose to book my ticket so soon. Like I could have, like why it had to be right away in January and why I couldn't have waited a little bit and maybe figured some more things out first in where I have a support system here in the US, but I did what I did. Um, yes, you could call it reckless. I'm not saying that it wasn't. It just is what it is. Um, there's nothing that I can do about that at this point. Um, so obviously a lot of people had questions. I had a really fun goodbye party. Um, and by that point, everyone knew that I, everyone in Boston, which is where I had the goodbye party, knew that I was attempting to make this move. And uh, I hadn't really heard back from, I was applying to jobs in London, hadn't really heard back from any, um, it wasn't even that I was getting rejections, I just hadn't heard back, which also could be a form of rejection, but I don't know. I feel like, especially if you're applying around the holiday season, it can be hard to kind of hear back from people. Anyway, um, again, like I said, my parents were definitely really concerned. They wanted me to lay out every detail and have everything figured out and they were also like why do you need to do this right now can't it wait shouldn't you have a job first we don't want you to sign a lease there and have to commit to a six-month lease which is what the minimum is for most leases that I was looking at le at least in London um like we don't want you to commit to that without knowing how you're gonna pay for it all valid things, all valid concerns that I already had myself. So that's what also made it hard was all of these things were already eating away at me, but now I had a lot of influential people in my life 
asking me these questions to which I didn't have the answers and that really overwhelmed me. So I definitely was having a tough time navigating those types of interpersonal relationships and then also trying to figure things out on my own and trying to be able to focus on that without being, I guess, too dissuaded. Um, because again, the ticket was book. I didn't buy protection for it either. And I mean, my whole thing was like, obviously, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to come back. Um, it's not like I'm going to be stuck there. God forbid. Right. So that's what happened. But then over winter break, I because I I did find a flat in London that I really loved. It was an amazing price, like several not several but a few hundred dollars cheaper than the rent that I'm paying in Boston actually and with more amenities um and I really loved it it was in an area of London that I really liked um this area is specifically called Maida Vale it's kind of where um Abbey Road is and like the Lord's Cricket Ground and I just love that area I think it's really peaceful so I was really excited about this place, but again, I hadn't heard back from any jobs, so I couldn't sign on it. And I was also trying to find places that had month-to-month -month leases, but no place was really doing that because obviously it's more lucrative for the landlord to find someone else who can sign a six-month commitment, right? So... I then started looking for Airbnbs for the first month that I would be there. And because it was so close to January 8th, aka the date of my departure, I all of the Airbnb prices were extremely, extremely expensive. And it was just, and I couldn't find anything that was affordable, that was close to central London. Um, because, and then everything else was like, that was more affordable, but not even really that much more affordable was far away. Like it would take me an hour or more to get into central London. Um, probably even more than that, honestly. And I would say the underground, which is like the train system there is really fast. So f for an hour on the train, it's just not worth it to be paying an exorbitant amount of money in my opinion. So what I did was I was able to call um, Expedia and move my flight to February 1st which gave me more time to kind of figure out my situation and honestly it created a lot of relief for me as well. I think I was really really stressed out more than I probably let on to people and I yeah I I was able to move my flight for free. There was no additional cost. And it was at the same time also as my original flight, which was really nice. Um, it's it's a 10 p.m. flight out of Boston. You land around like 9.30 a.m. Uh, like London time. And I think that having a red eye like that is actually really nice because you end up adjusting pretty well right away to the time difference. Um, I don't think I really experienced jet lag, honestly. 
so that was really cool. But yeah, I moved my flight back, which allowed me to spend more time in Boston packing up my things because, again, I didn't know when I would be coming back to Boston to move out my stuff. So I had to make sure that everything was at least in boxes so that I could have a friend ship those boxes to me, depending on where I was at the t time. Um... And honestly, I really needed that time. Like, it took a lot longer than I expected to pack all my stuff up. And I would have been really stressed out. I was able to spend more time with friends. Um, my brother, who had never been to Boston before, was able to visit me in Boston. So he actually flew back with me after winter break. And we spent, he spent like half a week with me. And it was honestly a really, really fun time. Um, and I was really sad to see him go, especially because I knew that I was going to be leaving for London after that point. So yeah, having that extra time, honestly, what I would recommend to anyone or advise, what I would advise for anyone is that it takes longer than you would expect. And there are going to be more complications than you expect when you are trying to pack up your entire life and move countries. So please, please, please take that into consideration. Um, and it's not that I didn't. I just overestimated my abilities. Not that I wouldn't have been able to make it happen because I know that I could have, right? If I had the original date, I definitely could have, but it would have been terrible. It would I would have had, I, I was already having mental breakdowns like every other day. And this would have only exacerbated those um, if I had rushed myself into this process again of moving internationally. And I know that it's not like I was moving to somewhere where they don't speak English or things are very, very, very different. But because of the way the world works and the way that um, country lines work and the way that immigration works, it is stressful to move internationally especially when you're doing it completely on your own. I didn't have anyone flying with me. I was carrying my own things, arriving there, going to the airport, getting on the plane. Obviously, that's all fine. I can do all of that. But it's like with with the stressor of the fact that I am now restarting or kind of creating a new life for myself. So, yeah, it... It was definitely a lot, and I was very overwhelmed during that time. I apologize if it's been a little choppy. My foot keeps falling asleep and because I was sitting on the ground in an uncomfortable position, but now I'm standing, so hopefully my foot doesn't fall asleep now. Uh, but back to where we were. So I definitely felt a lot of emotions and definitely very very nervous I was definitely afraid and terrified and all of those things with leaving what I knew in Boston in the US leaving my community here to go to London by myself and it's not that I was trying to avoid people in my life or running away from people like if I could bring it was one of those things where I was like if I could bring all of my loved ones with me, my family with me, to London, I would. 
like it's more so that I wanted to be in a new space and maybe in that sense I was running away from the conventional but I wasn't running away from anything specifically I just wanted to do something for myself and make a dream happen and maybe kind of prove everyone wrong in that sense um, kind of overcome the doubts that I had of myself and that I assumed other people had of me um, and honestly like everyone was really encouraging and I was like I don't mind being the guinea pig you know to see if this if I can actually make this happen and again it's not that you can't make moving countries happen people do it all the time it's just that people do it when they have the job lined up when they know how they're gonna live oftentimes it's with a partner or with someone else at least right and um for me or it's through like educational means like you go study abroad for undergrad or grad school or something like that um I was in the unique position of I have no plan I'm applying to jobs right now I'm hoping to get a job and that's how I'm gonna pay for everything and I'm doing this on my own no one is flying with me no one is helping me move my things I'm literally just going you know and that's a lot of pressure to put on one person that's a lot of pressure that I put on myself I don't know why I did but I just know that I always put a lot of pressure on myself so it's I guess it was to be expected and I definitely cried at the airport before boarding the flight because I was just so nervous and my friends Nikhil and Simran came with me to the airport and helped me check in my bags and things like that and because I had so much that I was taking with me because I didn't know when I was going to be back in Boston and everything else was in boxes and I had to make sure that my space in Boston was cleared out um I was carrying more than you're allowed to carry I guess so I am well aware of airplane regulations um because I've been fortunate to travel uh but I wanted to kind of finesse the system if I could so I had like my carry-on suitcase I had a check-in bag as well two check-in bags yeah I had two check-in bags plus my carry-on plus my backpack and then I also had a tote bag and technically you're allowed like one carry-on and one personal item which would have been my backpack right but I had this tote bag as well because I had like some miscellaneous stuff that I just put in there because I didn't have enough space to put it anywhere else and obviously that wasn't allowed and they were like you're not allowed to do that blah 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 so literally at the airport luckily there wasn't really a crowd like literally no one else was there Nikhil, Simon and I started rearranging my stuff opening suitcases consolidating and there was like the tote bag of things and um I ended up not being able to take that with me so um Nikhil and Simran took that with them and it's still in Boston along with a good chunk of my stuff that I was going to ship later on uh which is fine but I think 
in that moment when everything in your life is changing, it's like the only thing I really had were the items with which I was familiar, like my own things. And yes, they are material items. It doesn't really matter. But it was like, you know, a sweatshirt or a mug, like these things that bring me so much comfort and are familiar to me in a world that is going to be so unfamiliar. Um, but yeah, I went through that whole process. The guidance security line was not really that nice either. So I think I was just overwhelmed by the aspect of moving plus everything else happening, which led me to have a little bit of a breakdown, but it's fine. I got some food, got on the flight, and amazingly, the flight was very, very empty. I had basically a whole section of the plane to myself. Um, like there was literally no one around me. There was like one other person in that whole entire section of the plane. And it was honestly the most fun I've ever had on a plane, which I never thought I would say. Um, but I really enjoyed myself. I watched Bring It On and I was feeling, I was feeling okay about things and the flight attendant was super, super kind. Um, so I think that was really helpful as well. And then we land in London and I'm like, oh my god, I, like, I was seeing it from the sky and I was like, I can't believe I'm back here a few years later. I can't believe I'm looking down and I can see the Thames River and I can see the London Eye and things like that and I was like it's literally right here like I'm here and this is my home um yeah it was it was a very I guess I keep saying emotional but I feel like this whole thing was just an emotional experience um it was a very emotional uh, moment and I was overcome with so much joy and excitement as well as fear and uncertainty and nerves but that's just how it goes that's the natural process of things um and I think as we dive a little bit deeper I want to say that another part of me was also going into this experience with a lot of hope um, I was really hopeful about a lot of different facets of my life, like not only living in London, but also my career and my love life. Um, both of those areas of my life looked very promising at the time. Um, and I'm not really going to go into details on the latter, but I was really excited. I'll say that about being there and about being in this new space with new people and specifically a new person um and you know things things don't always work out how you want them to work out and that's okay and I kept reminding myself like I'm moving here for me and I'm moving here to I just want to live, you know, and everything was going to be fine. Like I'm in a whole new world of people from literally everywhere in the world and 
uh, literally so much could happen tomorrow. Um, so things, certain things in my life definitely crashed and burned. I received like a little bit of negative news upon within the first few days of arriving in London. I also came down with a very, very bad cold. And honestly, it was like, it was actually a pretty bad cold. I don't really know. It just, it just arose all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, th this on top of everything else is not great. Um, and I was just really not having a good time. That being said, I am someone who is not going to let anything stand in my way when I know that I'm in such an incredible place and I have this opportunity that not everyone has at the moment. So that didn't stop me from going out every day and exploring London and living my life and I think those were the moments that reminded me why I was there because I would basically like my Airbnb was very much in suburbia I would say um the street very much looked like if you if you think about Harry Potter and like Privet Drive um where he lived with the Dursleys it very much looked like that um so very much suburban and so you can't really see central London from that point right like it's it's any old gray day and London has a lot of gray the UK has a lot of gray right so I would take the train in and honestly the train was super fast central line was right there um and I would enter into central London and be walking around and taking in all of these sights and these people and these experiences and I'd be like I am meant to be here I cannot leave this place it is fantastic for example if you know me you know that I love reading I love books um, I have a Goodreads if you'd like to uh, add me on there but I, every time I saw a bookstore in London, I had to go into it. And I know that bookstores are everywhere in the world, but there's something about going into a bookstore in a new place and getting to know the different stores and what they have to offer. And honestly, I find that the books are a bit cheaper in London. Um, so I definitely bought a few and I enjoyed all of them um and I'd be walking into these bookstores in London you know after getting something to eat getting a coffee from a local coffee shop and it just was the perfect the perfect moment these were like the perfect moments that I had um there was another day when I took my journal and I was journaling by the River Thames and it's just such a pretty view and to be able to do that and to be with myself was incredibly nice and healing I think uh, because I needed that at that moment just after a lot of different things um, that I 
was experiencing in my life that I had experienced throughout the course of my life. And it just, again, reminded me why I was there. And I, if you're definitely, some of you listening are definitely some of those people who received these texts from me, but I would text a friend and be like, I need to stay here. Like, I feel like I'm meant to be here. I love this place. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's everything that I have ever wanted and more. And that, and I'm not saying that it's perfect. London is by no means perfect. The UK is far, far, far from perfect. There are so many issues, so much turmoil, of course. But just going throughout the city and having so much to do and so much to see was so nice. And I loved how you could walk up to any person and not know what where they're from, what language they're speaking, anything like that. Like, you could assume... I mean, you should never assume someone's identity, right? But... Or, yeah, assume someone's identity or, like, what their ethnicity is or what their native language is or anything like that. But it's like every other person spoke... A completely different language than the person before and I loved that. I loved how it was such a multicultural hub or it is such a multicultural hub and to be in a space like that is so encouraging especially in my career um, especially with the passions that I have. Um, that being said I definitely struggled a lot with loneliness. Again, I moved to London by myself and I spent 97% of the days completely by myself, like other than the occasional hello or something like that or ordering food or coffee. I did not talk to anyone most days because I didn't know anyone that closely who could spend multiple days with me. Um, I did make some new friends there and I'd like to shout out um, Nicole and Adna at Oost which is a local boutique in London kind of in the Shoreditch Brick Lane area and I literally walked up to them one day because I entered the store and they seemed really cool and seemed really nice so I literally walked up to them and I was like can we be friends and I hung out with them a couple times and they were super sweet and welcoming and I met other friends who were there for grad school or friends of friends and everyone was super sweet and it was nice to feel included and um in their plans and for them to take time out of their days but obviously I they all have their established lives and I was trying to establish a life but I didn't know whether I was going to stay in London or not because again I would wake up every day and either not have anything in my inbox or I would have an email that says that they have a policy against like so-and-so organization has a policy against uh, sponsoring visas, they're not hiring UK citizens at this time, um, 
so they obviously couldn't move forward with my application and it was pretty discouraging to hear that repeatedly I'm sure that wasn't the case for every application like naturally we're all going to be rejected from some places just because we are but from most places to which I applied in London I just didn't meet the their criteria of being a UK citizen and that was really challenging because then I couldn't plan ahead I knew that I had my Airbnb for a month I was like I can't find a more permanent place like I'll have to book another Airbnb um which I did for another two weeks like this first half of March um and I was like how long could I ideally or realistically stay here without a job um when I'm using my savings my dwindling savings especially after living and paying rent in a place like Boston so I was kind of navigating all of these questions by myself and I didn't really feel like I could confide in anyone because I knew that this was a decision that I had made for myself and I didn't have to make things harder for myself I didn't have to go to London I didn't have to do any of this um I chose to migrate to another place and again that's a privilege in itself so I didn't want to put that burden on anyone else I didn't want to put the worries and the struggles that I had um, and that I was facing on anyone else um, including my family including my friends and yes I did express concerns here and there but I was just trying to coast through each day and trying to take in as much of London as possible which is the other issue too was like okay I need to be investing all this time in applying to jobs and trying to get a job here in London but at the same time if I can't then I also need to be making the most of my time in London and be exploring and enjoying the city and doing all these different things so it was also a challenge to figure out how to manage or balance my time because I had because of these conflicting priorities and again in the grand scheme of things it's really not that deep maybe but in the moment when you are literally alone like I came home every day and was by myself it is a lot it is overwhelming it is an overwhelming thing to do and I don't want to downplay the challenges that I faced either um so hopefully that comes hopefully the humility of all of this comes across in this episode um I'm really not trying to make anyone feel sorry for me or anything like that but I'm just trying to be real about like what my experience was like and I think that this is going to be helpful for a lot of people who maybe want to make an international move like I attempted to do um in terms of favorite areas of London I spent a lot of time in the Soho area and I love it there it kind of flows into everything else I feel like once you're in central London one area kind of flows into the next and it's easy to get around like Oxford Street is right there and the London Eye is right there and Big Ben is right there and yes it's a bit of a walk you definitely walk 
a lot and I'm very proud and impressed by my um the number of steps that I had each day and the amount of like the mileage that I walked just because you are going to walk a lot naturally and one thing that I would recommend is once you train into central London it's really pointless to take the train in between like smaller stops like you might as well walk from point a to point b um just because also it's gonna cost you every time and it probably would take more time to even take the train than it would to just be to walk like a couple blocks um if you have the ability to do so of course so yeah i spent a lot of time in the soho area and i love neil's yard um and just everything around there is so fun and so nice. You can do a lot of shopping there. You can get a lot of stuff to eat around that area. Um, I think that it has a mix of people who are touring London as well as people who just live in London. Um, and one thing is, since I had been to London twice before, I was trying to do less of the touristy stuff. Like, I didn't go to Buckingham Palace at all because... I really did not care to see it. I've already seen it and it's just doesn't appeal to me in that way uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, so I was able to spend more time exploring like little shops and bookstores like I was saying, trying new places to eat, um, supporting as many local businesses as possible and just enjoying my days. And I think that was really nice because I was able to really adjust to living there and to navigating things like as someone who would be a local. Um, I will list out some places that I really enjoyed seeing when I was in London because um, I still have a little bit of a checklist on my phone and I didn't even get to fin like see everything that I wanted to see but I think that's the other thing about London is like even being there for a month and a half, I wasn't able to see everything. And I think that, and I heard from people there who have been living there their whole lives that to this day, they still ex find new places. And you never know, like you could take a different turn and suddenly you're in a whole new world. You walk through one doorway instead of another and it's a whole new world. There's so many different cultures and so many different people and so many different markets and stores and it's just you'll find something new literally every day and it's perfect it's it's everything that I could want personally um and I think also what's important to acknowledge too is that London is considered like a an urban forest jungle I don't know how to exactly say it, but um, most of London is actually green space. So they have a ton of parks. Their parks are huge. Um, they all kind of connect with one another too, for the most part. Um, but there's a lot of greenery and it's, it's made for, it's like very, London has been cultivated for people to spend a lot of time outside and be able to just hang out with each other outside which I really love. I think Europe has a lot more of that in general than the U.S. does, and I wish that that is something that the U.S. would incorporate more, honestly, but 
it is what it is. Um, hopefully we'll get there one day. Um, but yeah, let's see. In terms of other places that I really liked, um, Notting Hill, that's where all the colorful houses are that you probably have seen on social media. Such a cute place. It does not disappoint. There are so many good places to eat and get coffee there as well and so many different shops and it's definitely these places are definitely more affluent like I would say Soho especially Notting Hill um are pretty affluent areas the Kensington area is very affluent um so I can't even imagine how much it co would cost to live in a place like that but it's great to hang out there it's great to enjoy so highly highly recommend um in that area as well, there's Granger & Co, which is a really great, like, cafe. They serve food there as well. I got, like, brunch food there, um, which was really nice. Um, Gales is everywhere in London. They also serve coffee. They're also a bakery. A wonderful place. Love the aesthetic. I really enjoyed what I got there as well. Um, and then Portobello Road is also kind of in the Notting Hill area um I'm sorry if I'm kind of mixing things up but it's like for me one thing flowed into the next so I don't really know how else to describe it but Portobello Road a lot, oftentimes has a lot of like little businesses set up it's it's very like market style um which is really fun and I also loved I love the Marlebone area Marylebone it's see again like I wish I always blank on how to pronounce some of these things so I apologize um but that just means I'll have to spend more time there of course um and I love the Shoreditch Brick Lane area I think that it's I feel like it's a little bit more diverse than other parts of London which is cool um, there's a lot of Indian restaurants there, honestly, um, and other, like, similar cuisines, which is also really cool. If you want really good bagels, go to Brick Lane. Just a fantastic area all around. A lot of vintage thrift shops are in that area, too, and honestly, thrifting in London is, is pretty interesting. I didn't get to do too much of it. But I would love to just spend a day, well, more than a day, thrifting in London. Like, purely just going to, like, vintage thrift stores. I know that some people call them charity shops. Going to those places rather than the mainstream because, I don't know, I think European fashion is just so much better than U.S. fashion. I'm sure that a lot of you agree with that. And imagine like the things that you could find there um daunt books is a fantastic bookstore it's stunning on the inside it feels kind of magical kind of gives those library harry potter vibes so i definitely recommend going to that bookstore um oh my god there's so many bookstores that i visited um there's a notting hill books was really cute the bookstore the Brick Lane bookstore is really cute. Um, Foils Cafe and their bookstore is fantastic as well. Oh my gosh, there are just so many. The London Review bookstore is also amazing. 
oh, I don't even know. I honestly should just make like a whole blog post with all of my recommendations because me listing them off here probably isn't really helpful for anyone when you'd rather have them in a physical place that you can see and screenshot and things like that. Um, but now I'm just reliving like a lot of the stuff that I saw. I love Camden Market. The Camden area is amazing too. Um, basically, you can't go wrong with anywhere in London is what I'm trying to say. And there are many parts that I didn't get to visit. Um, and I would love to do that in the future. I will be doing that in the future for sure. Um, I think there are places that are better to visit with like a group of people rather than just by myself. And I will also say the same for nightlife in London. Like I know that it's fun and amazing and definitely a lot better than it is going to be here in the US. But because I was literally by myself the majority of the time, I didn't really go out anywhere um, at night like to clubs or bars or anything because I would have to go home by myself and it was also just hard to kind of I'm not going to go out by myself necessarily too especially to a club or something like that especially in a place that is more unfamiliar to me and just given recent experiences that wasn't something that I wanted to do um so I really really hope to go back in the future and experience that as well with other people um, just because it's easier to do that than by yourself and I had the thought occasionally a little bit while there to go with some friends but I it just didn't work out which is totally fine like my priority wasn't partying obviously while being in London I just wanted to take in the city and get the lay of the land and integrate myself as much as possible. Um, there was one day when I took a little tour. It was like a day long tour. Like literally I got up at 5 a.m. or something and I got back at after at like 9.30 p.m. And basically it was a group tour. Uh, we went to Stonehenge, Bath, the city of Bath, and we drove through the Cotswolds and we went to Stratford-upon-Avon, which is where Shakespeare was born. And this was such a fun day. Like, I did not expect to have as much fun as I did on this day. And I'm very thankful that I did it. And my parents were actually the ones who motivated me to go. Like, I wasn't planning on signing up for any tours, but they were like, you might as well take advantage of this and see a little bit more of England while you're there. So, and I also was hesitant because, again, I would be by myself, and I am a very social person and very outgoing and extroverted, but I don't know, it's just a lot, like, very overwhelming to be in a situation like that, but the one thing I know about myself is that if I am anything, I am brave, and I want to be as uncomfortable as possible and put myself in new situations like as much as possible and meet new people so I obviously sent it and it was so fun and I'm so glad that I went and I think that a part of me would be kicking myself if I hadn't gone. Um, Stonehenge was cool. It's smaller than what I expected I guess but honestly that's for a lot of 
sites that I've seen around the world. I think a lot of things are smaller than what I expect them to be. Um, but also, they were doing that before modern machinery. And so I guess in that sense, it's actually very impressive to build structures like that. Um, Bath is a wonderful city. I think that it would be a wonderful place to live Like, if I had a different life. Um, it's stunning. It's so beautiful. And oh my gosh, it's just amazing. They have so many tea houses, like the oldest tea houses in Bath. The tea that I had in Bath was really good. The panini that I had was really good. Um, I went to the Jane Austen Center and got a Chiltern edition of Persuasion, and it's such a beautifully bound book. Oh my gosh, I could rave for days about Bath, and honestly, I wished I had more time to spend there because you could probably spend like a week there and still have so much to see and do. Um, and then, yeah, we saw where we saw, we saw Shakespeare's classroom. Um, we drove past like the, the King's, uh, mansion or whatever you call it in the Cotswolds. And it was just great to see like the English countryside and all of the cows and things like that. And just the amount of greenery was really fun. And even just sitting on the bus and looking out at all of that stuff was really nice too. So I highly recommend taking a tour like that if you're able to do so um, when you go to these types of places. And don't shy away from taking opportunities like this. Like I think a huge thing that I live by in life is saying yes as much as possible and if I reflect on my college experience, my grad school experience, and then now I would not be where I am now or have the experiences that I have or even have the credentials that I have if I hadn't said yes to certain things, if I hadn't taken the leap. Um, so regardless, I'm glad that I did that even if the overall experience didn't end the way that I expected it to end. Um, again, there were a lot of things that I, with which I had to grapple while in London and it was, it was really hard. Um, a lot of days were spent with a heavy heart or a lot of stressors on my mind, but I kept reminding myself that I was in this place that I've wanted to be in for so long and I'm gonna soak up every moment of it. Um, my second Airbnb had this really cute dog named Pepper and she was adorable and that made my day. It was like these little things too that made my day as well. Um, I took a lot of place suggestions from other people. Um, one thing that was really cool was the singer-songwriter Jensen McRae, which if you haven't listened to her music, she is fantastic. She spent a while in London too, like maybe about a month or something. So I casually like replied to one of her tweets, not expecting her to respond, but she, just asking her for coffee shop suggestions. And she actually did quote my tweet and respond. And she said that she liked forward coffee. So I want to check that out. And it was really good. Honestly, any and every, I'm not even a, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, so everything that I got was, like, decaf, latte type stuff, 
Um, but every single thing that I ordered, wherever I ordered it, was fantastic. Um, I don't know why, but it blows every single place I've had in the U.S. out of the water. And I don't know if it was just, like, the the feeling of me being in London and drinking a coffee in London and exploring in London, um, which is what made it that way. But it was so good, and it was cheaper than a lot of the coffee shops that we have here, like, a lot of the local coffee shops that we have here, um, which I would also say, too, I, I st- strayed away from going to chain places, so I literally never went to, like, Starbucks or anything. Actually, one time I did, but I didn't get a coffee there. Whatever, regardless. I didn't go to chain places, like, I purely wanted to go to local London coffee shops, so places like Forward Coffee, places like Monocle, things like that. So, and I think that's what truly made my experience what it was, and I think that I couldn't have done it any better than how I did. I do wish that, I mean, if I had stayed there longer, obviously I would have built more long-lasting friendships and relationships, but I knew by the time March rolled around that I wasn't going to be staying there and I was going to be heading back. My dad came to the UK for a little bit and I ended up heading back to the U.S. with him mid-March. I was really sad. I didn't want to leave at all, but I also had found peace with it, and it didn't really phase me, I guess, to be leaving. Like, it was just kind of a natural... It felt very natural to do that. It felt like, okay, I spent this month and a half here, and... I wasn't able to get a job and now I'm going back and I'm going to apply to jobs domestically. Um, I know it's not what everyone wanted or expected of me. It's not what I wanted for myself. And honestly, my biggest fear with all this was disappointing people. Um, And that's still my biggest fear. Like, I feel okay more or less with the situation and being back here and applying to jobs here but I feel like there's a lot of judgment about what I chose to do and how that ended up and I I know that there always will be I know that people will always have things to say but it doesn't make it any easier when I'm already struggling with so much disappointment within myself if that makes sense Um, I know that London will always be there. I think in the future, like I'm very content with living in the U.S. and finding a job here, especially because I definitely need one, especially after being in London and living in Boston. The bank account is not thriving at the moment. Um, but I think if I were to pursue something like this in the future, it would be with a partner like a romantic partner I think it's easier when you have someone else to do things like this with like it was very hard for me to figure out on my own to be honest and unless the situation presented itself like with a job or something like that I would definitely I don't think I would want to do this alone again um I tried and 
I did also expect that I wouldn't be completely alone, but I ended up being that way, which is fine. Honestly, it was really nice to learn more about myself and to really do what I wanted to do. Um, but in the future, I would want to do this alongside someone else and or a group of people, whatever it is, and make it happen in that way. Overall, I miss London more than anything. If I think about it too deeply, it that's what really makes me emotional. So I try not to think about it too deeply. Like, honestly, it feels... I can't even believe that I was there for that long and that I was there in the first place. Like, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, like, I can't believe there was a point when every single day I was walking the streets of London and now... I'm here. It's It's been really challenging for me to process that, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and even thinking about doing this episode made me, made my heart ache a little bit because I didn't know. I just, it's so hard to process. Like, I am just in awe. Like, here I am thinking about it and I can't even get the words out. Um, which is, you know, not the best for a podcast where you have to speak. But it, it's truly, it's, I feel so blessed that I was able to even spend that much time there. And I am proud of myself, I think, for trying. Because that's more than everyone else who doesn't try. And I know that a lot of people, like I said, are going to judge and are probably disappointed but it's my life, it's not yours, and at least I tried, and I had overall, like, I wouldn't trade my time there for anything. Um, gosh, I, I miss being there so much, and I was so excited to cultivate a life there, but that's okay, because I'm cultivating the life that is meant for me, and things may not seem bright as bright as I want them to be right now, but I'm hoping that things will come together soon, and I'm hoping that I can experience London and places all over the world in the future with someone I love, um, when I have more of a financial backing, uh, when I am more secure in other parts of my life because I also felt like so much of my life was changing and I was changing it even more like I was you know I was by myself um I was not in the relationship that I was in for the last two and a half years like that had ended in October and then I decided to book this ticket and I'm meeting new people, talking to new people. I graduate grad school, no longer in Boston, decide to move countries. It was just like a lot of change at once, right? And I think that it would be more helpful in the future to have some things that are consistent or not variable instead of having everything be variable, if that makes sense. So... Those are just some notes for myself moving forward and hopefully this clears up a lot of confusion that many of you probably had 
um, because I know, like, when I posted that I was in London, everyone was like, wait, what? Like, I did not see this coming at all. And, yeah, I'm hoping that this cleared up a few things for you. Honestly, in terms of what the future holds, I don't really have the answers. And I will share them as I do. But I also think that there are certain parts of my life that are for me and only for me. And not everyone has to be privy to all that information. So I tried to be as open as I could be with this podcast episode. And I hope that I did it justice. But, oh my gosh, I'm sure I'm going to be talking a ton about London and the future and the lessons that I learned there. And I'm sure that I'm going to come to so many more realizations throughout the coming months, throughout the coming years. And I'm ready for them. Uh, In terms of song recommendations for this week, going along with the theme, I wanted to talk about, I guess, like UK artists. Um, I do love grime so much, which is basically um, British rap. Uh, I love Dave. I've listened to most, well, pretty much all of his discography, I believe. Um, so I highly recommend checking him out. I will also be linking my playlist that I listened to in London. It's called You All Right. And I'm going to be linking it in the description of this podcast because I... It's definitely a mixed bag, but I think it really hits every emotion that you could possibly feel in a place like London or in a situation like mine. Um, And I listen to to it every day walking around London. I listen to it on the tube. um, And it was fantastic. Uh, So I will be liking that. I also want to shout out some smaller UK artists who have really kind of risen the ranks, I guess, uh, over the past few months or the past year. Um, Kat Burns is one of them. Uh, she's a fantastic singer. So, so, so good. Um, and then my friend Chloe has a friend who released a song called Weight of the World. Um, and his name is Mohun Evans. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. So I will link that as well. Um, and then also I've discovered the artist Sam Tompkins. He has his own original music out now as well and he posts a lot of covers of songs on Instagram and they're all fantastic. Um, I loved his little cover of How to Save a Life by The Fray. Um, But yeah, these are all like UK-based artists and there's so many more out there. Like I know that I'm not listing everyone but I will list all of these people. I will list my playlist and I will also link to some grime playlists as well um, if you care to peruse those. Um, in terms of something that brought me joy or like filled me with the love this week, um, oh my god I'm trying to even remember what I've done. I've honestly been reading a ton and I've read a lot of great books. Um, that's probably what's brought me the most joy over the past week and I look forward to reading more honestly um Emily Henry's new romance novel came out yesterday so I need to go pick that up and I'll literally probably read that in less than half a day um but yeah other than that 
gearing up to fly back to Boston next week, which is kind of wild that I'm going to be there again. Um, and once I'm there, I'm sure that I'll have more updates for you and I'll probably again be talking about London more. But thank you for bearing with me through this little discussion or story time or whatever you want to call it about London. And if you have any questions specifically about London, please, please, please let me know. Leave a comment on Instagram. I know you can leave comments on Spotify as well too. Um, and make sure to give the pod a follow on Instagram as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, because everything helps and thank you all so much for bearing with me and for believing in me and I hope that you're not too disappointed with how my London journey turned out but again it's my life and there are going to be ups and downs for sure so thank you so much sending you all lots of love and I will talk to you soon